Hello, and welcome to the Sapona Road Church Podcast. Today is a great day. It's the day that the Lord has made, and we are excited that you've taken time to join with us as we hear from God's Word. We exist as a church to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope that today's message encourages and blesses you and helps you to grow and mature in your walk and relationship with Him. The Word of the Lord is powerful and life-changing, so let's see our lives transformed as we listen to today's message. Uh, I'm going to read from uh, one of the scriptures I read last week and then one from Matthew, but from John uh, 16, verses 23 through 24. And it says, And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Then Matthew thirteen fifty eight. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So Father, we just thank you for your presence here, God. Lord, I just hope that we poured our praise out upon you this morning with all that we had, Lord. Not just that we praised you, but Lord, that we poured it out with all that we are. God, we just give you our honor and the glory, and we just ask your blessing today in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you today uh, on the thought of I want less. And uh, so last week uh, I spoke on we need less. And for uh, those that weren't here, the message last week, uh, that we used the same scripture from John, and we also used one from Psalms. I believe it was 126, 1 through 3, and it's talking about um, when they were brought back from Zion, how they had laughter in their mouths and, uh, and singing on their tongues. And I might be misquoting that, but you get the point with it. And it, was, and it said that people said God has been good to them. And so the point was that if the kindness of God draws people to repentance, we should want to show people the goodness and the kindness of God by the joy that we have in our lives and the scripture in John is talking about that we will ask in Jesus' name. We'll ask the Father and he'll give it to us that our joy may be full. So our joy is connected to prayer being answered. And so then we got in from there to talking about what some of the reasons our prayers are not answered. And most people's response, uh, or at least I said most people's response would be we need more faith. And so we were talking about how what if we don't need more faith? What if we need less unbelief? I believe that the faith that God has given each and every one of us is enough to do uh, everything that he's called us to do and whatever need may come about in our lives. But many times we're weighed down by unbelief and I had the scale out. We were talking about our goal being to, to walk in the promises of God, but that the unbelief of the world system and the unbelief of our past and our experiences weigh it down. And so we're constantly trying to get more faith, but we could get to that same goal if we would just get rid of the unbelief. And we even talked about a childlike faith and how so many people talk about needing childlike faith. But what if the key to childlike faith isn't that it's a greater faith, but that it's less unbelief in a child's life because they haven't been exposed to a lot of the, a lot of the disappointments that we have uh, as adults. And so even going into Jesus when he was, uh, the disciples could not cast out the spirit from the boy. And they said, why could we not do this? And, and he told them that it was because of their unbelief. And so that's where we got into talking about 
uh, how we need, we need less. And so today I want to follow up that thought because hopefully if I've, if I've been able to prove to you that we need less, hopefully now you want less. And so I'm going to try to help you, uh, help all of us. Uh, this is definitely not a sermon where I'm telling you how to get like me. I'm telling us how to get where we all need to be trying to go, uh, but how to deal with unbelief because we're all going to battle it. We're all going to struggle with it. And, uh, and, and so there are three forms that I, of unbelief that I'm going to talk to you about today. And I'm just going to try and get on into it so uh, I don't keep you over. But the three types, and I'll give them to you now at the beginning, are ignorance, disbelief, and natural unbelief. Ignorance, disbelief, and natural unbelief. And, and we're going to all have to deal with these things in our lives. Every single person, no matter how gifted, talented, or spiritual you are, you're going to face these things. And so the first one is ignorance. And ignorance is it's pretty easy to explain, but let me go ahead and say it does not mean stupidity. It does not mean someone's not intelligent. Uh, it, that's not it at all. What ignorance means is that you just don't know. And you don't know what you don't know. It's not that you can't understand it or you can't comprehend it or you're not intelligent enough to take it in. You just don't know. And you can't help what you don't know. You just don't know the truth. And so probably the best example to, uh, to give with that is electricity. Now think of all the amazing, brilliant people that we even still read some of their works and we talk stuff about them, things that they've done, that lived on this earth without electricity. It wasn't that they weren't smart. It wasn't that they weren't intelligent. It wasn't that they weren't. They were brilliant, brilliant minds all over the, this world, except they just didn't know that it was a possibility. They didn't know electricity was, was something that they could have. It could have been there all along. It was there, but they didn't know, and you can't help what you don't know. They just didn't know about it. And so that's where ignorance falls in. And so this could be someone that was... Uh, maybe never raised in church at all, never heard anything about uh, the Lord or about Jesus. Uh, it could be someone that was uh, maybe even brought up in a church, but maybe the church was very formal and never really taught anything about miracles or healing or the, the acts of God. And, and so they just don't know that healing's a possibility, that deliverance is a possibility. Uh, they, they, they just they don't know it. And... Maybe they've never thought that God was still just wanting to do uh, amazing things in their, in their lives today. And so uh, just like it's kind of an easy type of unbelief to explain, it's relatively easy to deal with. It can be dealt with by just telling them the truth. See, they, they don't know what they don't know, so you just tell them what they need to know, or you tell yourself what you need to know with the, with the Word of God. If their heart is open to the Lord, then they're going to receive it. And when they, when they receive it, so you give them truth, so when they receive it, then the ignorance is going to leave, and that's when they begin believing God. They, they begin operating in that faith that, that he's, he's given them. And the second type, disbelief. Now, this is similar to ignorance, but uh, it's a lot more difficult to deal with because disbelief develops from someone being taught wrong. They know something, it just ain't right. They, don't, they, they think they know it, but they're dead wrong on something. And so if you've been in church, 
I'm not even going to say for a long time. If you've been in church, maybe for any period of time at all, you're going to have to deal with this type of unbelief from time to time. Because we've all believed or been taught something uh, incorrectly in our lives. Uh, it happens to everybody. For some, uh, some people, it's worse than others. Uh, I, I re-preach a lot of messages, and that's what I always tell people. Don't worry, it's like a new message. I took out everything I don't believe anymore. Because we're always supposed to be growing and, you know, and learning more of the truth from, 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 from God's Word. And most of the time I'm joking when I say that, but sometimes it really do have to start scratching some stuff out of there because it's just you're in a different place five years later, ten years later, whatever, whatever the case may be. And so we've all believed and been taught something that wasn't exactly correct. It may have had good intentions, but sometimes that thing over time develops into a, a, a bad belief system. And so some people, they've been, been told that, that God doesn't heal anymore. Some people have been taught that God, yeah, he, God created all of this, but once he created it, he took his hands right off of it and doesn't have anything to do with it anymore. Some people have been told that God heals who he chooses, and so you should just pray for people to have strength to endure. I don't know about that. I was thinking about how people that even that don't believe in miracles, if somebody in their, in their family is really, really sick, they might not necessarily pray for, their, for that person to be healed because, you know, that's bad, but they'll pray, God, don't let them die. Isn't that the same thing? And you have people that are not even saved, and they'll pray that one. God, please don't let my grandma die. Please don't let my grandpa die. But then they won't go ahead and speak something in faith. That's the type of unbelief. They've been taught wrong. Even though they're trying to come against it, they, they, it's just, they, they don't think that God heals people. They, they've been told that God doesn't do miracles anymore. And so if someone claims that the sick are being healed, then it's got to be of the devil. They believe that speaking in tongues is of the devil, that prophecy is of the devil, all the gifts of the Spirit. Now, you hang around church long enough, and you'll probably see a few devils speaking in tongues and prophesying. They're out there. I'm not going to deny it. There's always going to be a counterfeit, but if there's never a counterfeit of something. There has to be an original before there can be a counterfeit. They don't, you don't counterfeit something that doesn't exist. And so the fact that there are a bunch of devils out there prophesying and speaking in tongues just lets you know that it's got to be real on some level. But they don't believe that prophecy or the gifts of the Spirit or they think that all those, those supernatural things that they passed away with the, with the apostles. And so ignorance is more like, oh, I didn't know that could happen. I didn't know that was possible. I've never heard about that before. Disbelief says that can't happen today, and if it does, it's of the devil. And you've probably been around both types of people and heard different statements, and you, you, now you'll know which, which kind you're dealing with. And this doesn't just apply to people that have uh, been taught that none of this stuff is possible or that God doesn't do the miraculous or move in that way anymore. It can also be for people who have been brought up in churches that do teach about God doing miracles and doing the supernatural. It, it, what happens with them is many of these people, they're okay with these things as long as they happen in a way that they're comfortable with or they're used to. If it happens any other way or at any other church than the one that they're connected to or the way that they're used to having it, they'll turn right back into that other person. They'll say it's of the devil. And sometimes that type of disbelief, it can be the most difficult to deal with. I, I would say it can be worse to deal with than someone who's just been taught it's not possible because obviously when you see it happen, you'll know, oh, I guess it is possible. See, the way we overcome disbelief is, is similar to the way we deal with ignorance. So 
We talk about we receive the word when it comes to ignorance. And so when it comes to disbelief, you're going to receive the word too. Receiving the truth of God's word, except with that, then you renew, renew your mind. I almost couldn't get that out. See, the reason that disbelief is more difficult to deal with than ignorance is because a person that's been taught wrong is going to have prejudices against the truth already built in. And so what that means is it's going to be a struggle for them to actually renew their mind when they receive the word. Because someone who's ignorant, they receive the word and the truth is right there obvious. So they receive it and the, the ignorance leaves. But if you have disbelief, you've been taught wrong. So when you receive the word, you can receive it, but also you're going to receive it and hear the same thing you always heard and read the same thing you always read or what you've always been taught. That, but you have to let the word renew your mind and change those things about the way you're, you're thinking. And it's really hard, though, when you've heard something a certain way or read something a certain way and been taught something a certain way, not to just read it that way and hear it that way. It doesn't matter what the person's saying. It's what, what are you hearing? It doesn't matter what's in the text. What are you, what are you reading when it comes to disbelief? And uh, the best example I know for that is a few years ago, I had a friend of mine. We went to lunch. He's a really good friend of mine. Uh, we get along really well. And... He, we're sitting there, and he said, hey, and he brought up this guy's name. And this guy is, I really wouldn't even call him famous. He's connected to some famous people, did some ministry with them. And, and uh, he said, uh, have you seen the article about this guy? And I usually don't read uh, articles bashing preachers because, uh, well, the obvious, the person that wrote the article gets paid to bash preachers. So they're not going to say anything good. You know, when you pull up those articles, they're going to be about the same thing because that's how they make their money. And so uh, I, I said, no, I haven't seen it. And he said, uh, well, he's was, I know he's connected to those, some people that I do like to listen to and that I, I read some of their books. And I said, well, I've never heard this guy preach. I've never read any of his books. I don't know anything about him other than he's connected to them. Well, you need to read this article, man. I'm going to send it to you. He's saying some crazy things. And... Uh, I said, okay, and so I said, I pulled the article up real quick while we're sitting there, and I immediately saw what type of article it was, and I stopped before I even read it. I said, you do realize what kind of article this is, right? He said, yeah. I said, well, you do realize if they wrote an article about you, I'm sure it'd probably say about the same thing I'm about to read about this guy, because they don't agree with anything you believe either. And he said, well, I know, but you just need to read it. it this guy, he, he's, he's going off the deep end. So I said, okay, and I read it, and it's saying that he's saying some crazy stuff. And I said, well, the last time I saw something like this, because people will send me stuff to read, and, and depending on who sends it was where I'll, whether I'll read it or, or watch it. And uh, they had sent, someone had sent me one one time on another guy, and the article was horrible. But the convenient thing was is that the message that they were talking about this guy, I was there. I had gone to a conference and was there when the guy preached the message that they were ripping to pieces. And so I read the article, uh, and every single thing they said was out of context. It was facts, but it wasn't the truth. They had twisted it like a good politician or lawyer, and it was just, it was horrible. And so I'm reading this one, and it's bad, and I'm thinking, man, this is probably like that other one that I got. And they had a, a clip at the bottom where you could go watch the video of what they were talking about if you wanted to. And I told him, I said, I think this is a bunch of junk, but I'll go, when I get home, I'm going to find that video on YouTube, and, and I'm going to watch it. 
And he said, all right, well, I just thought you needed to know, you know, you need to be careful. I said, okay. So I go home and I pull up the video. And all the stuff they said, that he, they made it out like he said these things, like almost like a thus saith the Lord. And in the message, he had told this story about, I had this weird dream and I'm not sure what it meant, but it was all, it, none of, it was kind of like telling a fairy tale. And they were acting like he was telling people that God had given him this revelation that everybody needed to change their thinking or something. And, and so I'm watching and I'm like, this, this is nothing like what that article said. And so I send him the clip on a text message and I said, hey, I found the, I found the clip of that message from the article. And uh, yeah, it's all a bunch of junk, man. Everything was out of context. It's nothing. It pretty much clears it up if you want to watch it. He texts me back about 20 minutes later after he watched it and he said, yeah, that guy's saying this, and he's, he's quoting an article. And so I text him back, I'm not sure you watched the same video I did. <laughs> did you watch the video I sent you? I said, because he said this, and I quoted word for word what the guy had said in the video. And he sent back, yeah, but he meant this. And I said, I don't think so. I text him back and... You know, uh, the Holy Spirit and the voice of Heather Wilson told me to just let it go, so I let it go. <laughs> I just, you know, agree to disagree. But I took that video, and I let five people listen to it that hadn't read the article. All five of them. I said, what did he say? What do you think he meant? All five, and uh, two of them were my kids. And so this was a few years ago, so they probably would have been like... 16 and 14 or something all five said heard exactly the same thing i heard thought he meant exactly the same thing i thought without me saying anything to him just listen to this and tell me what he said and what you think he meant none of them said what the other guy had said because none of them had been influenced by the article and so that's what happens when you're taught wrong then it doesn't matter you can hear something but you but the prejudice that's already been built up will make you you've you've probably talked to people like that you're like how can you get that from this scripture how can you get that from what the preacher said but they get it because they have these prejudices inside see someone battling ignorance isn't going to have to struggle with the with the effects of wrong teaching but most of us here today we've been in church for a while and so we will you're going to have to deal with that type of, of, of unbelief. And so we all need to renew our minds with the truth of God's Word. And to do that, we need to receive the truth of God's Word above any of man's traditions so that we can overcome the unbelief of disbelief. That's been my uh, prayer for the past few weeks when I'm doing my devotions. Before I start reading, I say, God, help me not to just read this Word. Help me to receive it so that it can take root and it can do something in, in my life. And so the last kind of unbelief is natural unbelief natural unbelief so this type of unbelief uh, it's not from ignorance it's not because you don't know something it's not from being taught wrong it's not disbelief it's not wrong teaching but this type of unbelief it's not even bad that's why it's natural and so natural unbelief is the natural input that we receive from our five senses and I guess from our feelings that's contrary to the truth. And so it's kind of like that article. They were stating facts, but the facts weren't the truth. And uh, it's that way in our lives, too. Um, see, we're all going to be receiving information through our bodies, through our senses, our eyes and our ears, our taste, our smell, our sight, our, our touch, our, 
All those different things are going to give us information, even through our, our feelings and our emotions. And we're going to make decisions based on that information. That's the way you're supposed to do it. We, we all do it. It's not wrong. It's not evil. It's natural. And the facts that we gather through our senses, they're very important for each of us. Could you imagine just trying to make decisions in life and, and maybe uh, you only had one of your senses? There's a lot of people that have to overcome a loss of, of this sense or that sense. But imagine if you only had one. How would you make decisions? How, more, how much more difficult that would be? You would learn to listen to the Spirit real quick if those were taken away from you. But that's, that's how it is. And so the facts that we gather, they're important for each of us to make decisions, but those facts cannot overstep the truth of God's Word. And it's just a different way of looking at things. It's not, it has to be anything major. It's not that you just say you're not going to listen to your senses at all, but, but it, you have to receive the truth and renew your mind with the truth of God's Word as you take in that information. And, and one quick example of that would be uh, with healing. The Bible says that by His stripes... We were healed. If you receive Christ, He's already paid for, for healing. He's given, paid for deliverance, salvation, prosperity, all the things you need. If you get a sickness in your body, your body's going to tell you, I'm sick, I need to get well. But the tr that's a fact. But the truth is, is you're a healed person who's battling a sickness. You're not a sick person trying to get a healing. You're a healed person trying, uh, that's battling a sickness. It's the same thing, but it's totally different at the same time. It's how it is about being, uh, being led by the flesh or being led by the Spirit. These, these facts can never overstep the truth of God's Word because when they do, the natural unbelief will cause us to not be able to operate in the faith that we've been given. And we're not going to experience the life that's available to us. See, there are going to be things that we face in this life. There are going to be things that we face in our walks with the Lord that our senses just can't understand. There's going to be obstacles that, you go, that come up against you that your senses just aren't going to be able to perceive the truth. They may be spitting out some facts here and there, but it's, they're not going to be able to understand what's really going on. And these are the times that we have to take a step of faith. And when we do, we must get beyond that unbelief that comes naturally to every single person in here. Think about if you, maybe you're, you're, you're going to go pray for someone who's been in the, in the sick bed for uh, maybe months. And you're, you mean, you're praying, you're reading scriptures on healing, you're building your faith with everything you've got, and you're just, you, you just have the feeling today's the day. I'm going to go in the whole way to their house, you're praying, God, when I lay hands on uh, my friend or my aunt or my uncle or whatever, well, they're gonna, I'm believing they're going to get up out of that bed. And you go and you pray and you step out in faith. And when you finish praying, instead of saying thank you, they yell out in pain. Natural unbelief starts coming in. Maybe the doctor walks in the room with the test results and it's worse instead of better. They don't get up. They're not able to get out of that sick, sick bed. That's when unbelief will come again naturally against all of us. And that's the, that's the way we're all going to have to face it. Unless, you're, unless you've dealt with it, unless you've dealt with natural unbelief like we talked about last week with Smith Wigglesworth, where he just kept saying, stand her up, let her go. Unless you've dealt with that, you're going to think, you know, and maybe even say it, this didn't work. I must have missed God. I was mistaken. I thought I was... I thought I was operating in faith. I must have been in the flesh. That's a good one a lot of people get, get into. 
I can remember years ago when Hannah was small, she was still in children's church, and uh, Hannah has battled uh, eczema since she was just a little thing. And I have to mix up these creams for her to put on there when she gets it in the bends of her arms and at her wrists and stuff. And so <clears throat> I, would, uh, I was at this re revival service, and Hannah's in children's church, and, and this speaker, uh, they've been having a lot of miracles happen in these services, and, and he, that's kind of what he was known for. And so after church, I went and got Hannah, and then I tracked him down. And uh, I found him over in a corner kind of by himself. Uh, actually, he was over there drinking a Mountain Dew after, after that. So you better be prayed up drink, drinking many Mountain Dews as this guy was drinking. <laughs> but he, he, and I said, hey, can I get you to pray for my daughter? He says, sure. And I told him, I said, she's got eczema, and you know, I want God to heal her. And he prays for her. And then when he finishes praying for her, he just kind of, uh, I don't I want to say flippantly, but I don't know if that's the right word. He's just like, everything's going to be fine. God answers all my prayers. And uh, I don't know if he was trying to convince me. I don't know what he, I don't know, but he, that's what he said. And I still really like this guy. I don't have a problem with him. But I looked over and her arm was still red. And it looked like it hurt, maybe. Definitely looked like it was itching. And immediately this thought came into my mind. What is this crazy guy talking about? He's sitting here saying, God answers all my prayers, and yet my daughter's arm is still, it's still there. And then I started getting aggravated. Now, maybe you've never gotten aggravated with a preacher, but I've gotten aggravated with a few over the years. <laughs> None of them ever came to blows, but I've gotten aggravated with some preachers. And uh, I, then I started thinking, why would he say that? You know, I could see him saying that if her arm instantly, the, it was gone and there was like an instant healing. And, and I don't know why he said it. I don't know. Maybe he was operating in faith. Maybe he was, you know, maybe he was battling his own disbelief. Maybe, maybe you know, I'm sure he was at a way different level than I was spiritually. But at the same time, what was happening inside of me didn't make me a bad person. I, I still, at that time, I believed in healing. I believed in uh, God's power. I believed in prayer. I had obviously operated in faith to come and track him down after a service. But at the same time, as soon as I looked over there and saw her arm, natural unbelief just grabbed a hold of me completely. To the point that not only was I not believing for a miracle anymore, I was kind of wanting to slap a preacher about it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I mean, I, you know, I, was, I, was, I really didn't feel that strongly about it. I'm exaggerating. I just, I was frustrated. I didn't understand. And I didn't know what was happening to me, but it was, it was natural unbelief. And it happens to, a, well, not a lot, all of us. Have you ever thought, like, you know how you, and I know this is like, this doesn't bother me, but it's like bother, I've seen it bother some preachers. So they, uh, maybe they pray for somebody over and over and over again. And uh, then, uh, you know, maybe some evangelist comes in and, and maybe the preacher thinks that the evangelist isn't even as good a preacher as him or something. And he starts praying for people when that person gets healed that they prayed for like 20 times. And uh, sometimes, they, you know, sometimes preachers get in their feelings real quick and get upset. But I was thinking about that. I was thinking about how people like come in from out of town and things happen. And sometimes people that are there, you know, plugging away and working and working and working seems like they're not getting these results. But I, I begin to think maybe it's not that the guy from out of town has so much more faith than the altar workers that are there every week. Maybe it's because he hasn't been there to see the situation and allow natural unbelief to grow in his life. 
You know, because he, he doesn't know that sister so-and-so has seen four doctors and all four have given her a same bad report and that she's, she's gotten prayer 20 times and that she's been on the prayer list for, for six months and all. He doesn't know that. He just walks in and sees a need and operates in faith without all that unbelief that's been growing in us because we haven't dealt with it in years. We just let it continue to grow and then we're just saying, Lord, why, aren't, why, why can't I see miracles happen like this person or that person, God? Please give me more faith. Why can't I have faith like them? But they're not dealing with the same unbelief. And uh, I mean, really, it's, uh, it's funny when you, when you think about it. There's a lot of people who have amazing healing ministries. Their family members die too. There's people in their family with sicknesses and, and, uh, and um, ailments and things going on in their lives too. It's, a, it, it's, it's that natural unbelief that comes against us. And we need to quit allowing it to grow. See, the majority of people are dominated by their physical senses. And I know I said last week, I believe this is what happened to the disciples that day when they were trying to cast the spirit out of the little boy. They were struggling with natural unbelief because of what they were seeing, because of what they were feeling when the spirit began to manifest. And it just, can you imagine seeing this happen in a little child, what it would do to you emotionally? They're trying to help him, but this is, they believe they could help him. They had the faith to do it because they had done it before. They had healed the sick and cast out devils. But at some time during this whole process, natural unbelief was present and it was giving them problems. And they didn't know how to overcome it. And so we overcome ignorance with the truth we receive. And we overcome disbelief with the truth by renewing our minds. So we receive them, we renew our minds. How do we overcome natural unbelief? And I already said last week, I believe the answer is in Matthew 17, 21, where Jesus says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And like I, like I mentioned, if you, if you want to believe that this kind means some kind of uh, big bad demon out there, then that's okay. I believe when he says this kind, he's talking about this kind of unbelief that kept you from operating in the faith that you were given. And I know you may have been expecting some kind of groundbreaking revelation on this and this seems simple maybe too simple but believe me it's not easy it's simple but it's not easy fasting and prayer is not easy for a lot of people and it's definitely not easy for a lot of situations and see many times we're looking for some spectacular answer and we miss the power of the simple truth of God's word sometimes we look everywhere but right in front of our face for what the, what the answer will be See, fasting and prayer breaks the dominance of your natural realm over your spirit. We're a spirit with a soul in a body. And it's important that we keep things in the proper order, in the proper alignment. See, many people don't fast today because they don't understand the importance of fasting. I'll admit a lot of times I'll forget about the importance of fasting. I need to fast more. Probably everybody in here probably does. Don't look at anybody that looks like they need to fast just because of natural reasons and not spiritual. That's mean. I'm just kidding. But I'm not looking up just in case. I might make eye contact with the wrong person. Somebody there. Think. Nobody came to my mind when I said that. Well, nobody in here came to my mind. I think most people probably think along the same lines that I have most of my life. 
You hear these testimonies and they're amazing and they're exciting. And so you begin to develop this belief system that, that fasting is something that you do when you, you're really needing God to move in a, in, you know, in a dire strait situation. Um, you know, uh, they were coming to turn the lights off if I didn't have the money by the end of the week and I went on a fast. Um, my, my, uh, my loved one, they don't know the Lord and they've just been given three months to live. I'm going on a fast because they have to receive Christ so that they can go to heaven. I'm, I'm, I've got to, I, if, if something doesn't change, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to die. I'm going on a fast because I'm expecting God to move. And it kind of develops this thought, if I pray long enough, God will move. Like you're trying to make God move on a situation. And I know they did different things in the Old Testament, but things changed. Jesus changed everything. But he said, I'm, gonna, I'm going on a fast. I'm not coming off until I see God move in this situation or that situation. And I'm just going to be honest. I haven't had very many of those situations in my life. I've been so blessed. I haven't faced very, very many of them. And I, I plan on not facing them, actually. Uh, but I've thought about going on a fast before and then decided not to because I couldn't think of anything major going on that I needed to fast about. Maybe, I don't know if any of y'all have done that or not or if I'm just strange, but I, I, I've thought about, uh, I've also gone on a fast and thought, man, I have just wasted my time because I couldn't ever think of anything big. And then I've gone on a fast where I was like, God, I, you know, I was going to be real spiritual. I was going to not have any... Um, selfish motives. God, I'm just going on a fast because I want to, you know, I want to experience your presence. I want to be closer to you. And then, you know, after um, whatever period of time, I'm starting to get a little aggravated because I'm thinking I'm supposed to be having some kind of like major spiritual encounter right now because I'm obviously humble and selfless, but it's not happening. And I felt like I wasted my time with the fast because no, no big event took place. And see, I had this wrong type of thinking that I developed. I guess it kept me from fasting because instead of showing me the importance of fasting, I, I, I just thought I was wasting my time because I, I didn't have this big event and I wasn't having this big encounter happen when I went on a fast. Heather and I went on a fast for, for someone one time and uh, someone we wanted to see come to the Lord. And our intentions were good. But our actions probably didn't do a whole lot of good at all because we didn't understand it, or at least I didn't. Maybe she, maybe she did and didn't tell me, but I, did, I was doing it wrong. Uh, not saying that there's a wrong way to fast, but, but, uh, and my motivation was good, but my understanding, I was ignorant. I was ignorant about it. That's the, I had that kind of unbelief going on, I guess. Uh, the, pur the purpose of fasting is not to make God move or respond to us better. It's to make us respond and move to Him better. And so we get this thing, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast and God's going to move. God, like you're going to force God to do something. And so the point is that when I fasted for that person to come to the Lord, I thought I was acting in faith for that person. You know, I'm standing in the gap. I'm thinking of all of those, you know, church lingo things that I can say when I'm praying about it. And I would have gotten a whole lot more accomplished if I would have been fasting the right way. 
If I would have been fast in understanding that the purpose of that is so that all the unbelief that was telling me that it was too late for that person, all the unbelief that was telling me they've done too much, they've gone too far, this isn't going to happen overnight, you can't really expect. You know the thoughts that happen when you're praying for your lost loved ones too. And all of, if I would have fasted the right way, instead of thinking I'd wasted my time, those, those unbeliefs would have gone away and been replaced with the truths and the promises of God's word. Then I wouldn't have been shaken by what I saw with my physical eyes or, or heard with my physical ears about that person that I was claiming for the kingdom of God. You, you probably know what that's like. You're praying for someone to receive Christ. You've been, maybe God's had them on your heart for a while, and then you just have this awesome time of prayer in God's presence, and you feel like, I think something's changing. And then you pull out your phone, and you see their latest post, and you just want to drive to wherever they're at and like really lay hands on them because they're... It's like they're worse than you ever thought they could ever be. And all of that faith is gone. Because while you're building your faith, you didn't do anything about the unbelief. You didn't use the promises of God's word that would cause you to not waver when you saw something or heard something from that person or heard something about that person. Or maybe you, get, maybe you just left your prayer closet and they call you to come get them out of jail or something. Any of those things. But we shouldn't be moved by that. See, it's, it, it's the same thing when it comes to physical healing or, or deliverance. We have to realize God loves them more than you and I do anyways. What do you mean you're going to go on a fast to make God love them more? He already sent Jesus for them. You're going to go on a fast to make God move? He already moved. Jesus took care of all of it on the cross. He paid for every part. Salvation, healing, deliverance, prosperity, all the blessings of Abraham are ours through Christ. He's already done it. God wants them well more than you do. We have to understand what's really going on here. When you think about some of the, the, the attitudes that we have done things before in, in, with good intentions, it really is kind of silly. God's already taken care of it. He's just wanting us to get rid of the unbelief and respond to Him the right way instead of responding to what the, the physical world is telling us. And so I'm going to give you a quick example of how f this fasting would, would work or operate. And before I do, I'm going to give a disclaimer. I do not believe in fake it till you make it. I don't believe in that at all. Okay, so I don't want you to think that's what I'm talking about here. And uh, it would be, uh, I've used this example before. If, if someone uh, came and I, I get cut across my, my eye, maybe I take an elbow, and my eye's bleeding, and I were to just lay hands on it, and I were to say, God, I just pray healing over this eye right now and I command all bleeding to stop. But I'm still bleeding. And you're saying, you need to go get that stitched up. You need to do something about it. Oh no, I already prayed for it. I already prayed for it. I'm just, I'm believing God's healed it. But you're bleeding a lot. Yeah, I know, but it's going to be fine because I already prayed for it. No, you would think I was crazy. But for some reason when something can't be seen, especially if it's not even physical, if it's somebody dealing with something emotional, we tell them they just got to have faith and believe God and, and press through. But you wouldn't tell me that with an open wound on my face. You would say, get to the hospital and get some, get some disinfectant on there and, uh, and get that thing cleaned up. And that's how I believe when it comes to everything. I'm not telling anybody to not take any medicine or to do something crazy that will injure yourself worse, okay? But let's just say I've got a bad back. Thank the Lord I do not. And my back's hurting real bad. And so I tell Heather, I said, Heather, I need you to pray for my back. God's got to touch my back. I'm in so much pain, I don't know what I'm going to do. And Heather prays the perfect prayer. And when she prays for my back, I say, man, that, 
that was a really good prayer. Let me test this thing out. And I bend over. And as soon as I get to about right here, pain shoots through my back and I scream and I jump back. And I'm like, oh, man, no, that didn't work. My back is killing me. You've probably done that when somebody's prayed for you about something. And uh, um, I said, I'm going to go take some medicine. This is really hurting. And so that's what our bodies are telling us. She prayed. We know the truth of God's word is that I'm, I'm healed by his stripes. I was healed. She's prayed the prayer of faith. My back should be healed, but my body's saying it's hurting really bad. It didn't work. The prayer didn't work. Uh, the promises don't work. Your faith didn't work. You, you know, all those different things. So when I go on a fast, this is how it changes that. When you go on a fast, if you, if you don't fast much, let me tell you how it's going to happen. Uh, if you don't, maybe you're somebody who skips breakfast and you don't even eat like 1 o'clock every day. Well, come about 10 o'clock, you're going to be hungry that first morning. And your body is going to be screaming for food. All your friends are going to start texting you, inviting you to lunch. Uh, when you say no, they'll text back and say they'll pay. Then you're going to have a headache. Your stomach's going to start growling so loud and twisting in knots that you're just going to be, you're going to be feeling miserable. And you'll stay miserable if you keep listening to your body. And your body's going to be saying things basically like this. I, this is my interpretation. It's going to say, hey, listen, we got an agreement here. It's been working good all these years. When I say I'm hungry, you feed me. I'm hungry. 30 minutes later, it's me again, and I'm still hungry. You're not holding up your end of the deal. Well, through fasting, what it is is you're trying to put your body and your, your person in proper alignment. Your spirit should be in control. Well, before you're born again, your body's in control and it's been running everything. Once you're born again, your spirit is supposed to be in control, but unfortunately, most of us continue to let our bodies call the shots. And so you, when it comes, have you ever had this thought, man, I wish I just could spend time in the Lord's presence like this person does or that person does. I wish I had this kind of desire for God. Now, everybody's going to have different personalities. Don't mean you can do the same ministry, but I'm talking about just a heart for God. Well, here's the truth. Your spirit does. Your born-again spirit has as much a desire for God as anybody else's, any high-powered preacher that you can name. Your born-again spirit desires to spend time with the Lord the same way. Maybe it's a man, I wish I could be about the Bible like that person or th this person or that person. You are the real you. Your spirit has a desire to get into the Word and to re receive all the truths of the Word as much as any other saved persons in the world or in history. I truly believe that. The problem is we usually don't listen to that spirit man. We listen to our bodies. And what we need to do is we have to handle our bodies like you would a kid. When your kid is acting up, and I don't know how you discipline your kid. I don't know if you put them on restriction or timeout or if you spank them or whatever. Let's just say restriction. And you tell your kid, that's it, you're on restriction for a week or for a day. We'll do a day. And what do you do if your kid doesn't get quiet real quick, if they keep running their mouth? Yeah. All right, now it's two days. You want to go for three? You better zip it right now. You know? Well, see, that's what, in a sense, and if you have to do it out loud the next time you fast, maybe do it out loud. But that's what you're telling your body. He's going to keep, he or she, is going to keep running their mouths 
Feed me. I'm hungry. This is more important. This is more important. This is more important. When your spirit man is just wanting that time with the Lord, your spirit man is wanting to be in his presence, and you're going to have to tell your body that he better get quiet. And when he says, no, that ain't how it operates, I call the shots around here and say, that's it. You, you want to go for two days? Do you want to make it three? Don't get, don't, don't get carried away too much and say something crazy. Your first time fasting now. Don't do that. If you haven't fasted in a while, I wouldn't go too far. But you, you're, you're putting him in his place, and he all of a sudden he's thinking, you know what? Maybe I should just get quiet a little bit over here. Maybe I don't have as much to say as I thought I did. And so now I've been on this fast. I've been dealing with natural unbelief. I've been trying to get myself in proper alignment where my spirit is in control. I'm being led by my spirit, and my back's hurting still. Those ibuprofen just aren't getting it. And so I go to Heather and I say, hey, can you do one of those perfect prayers again? My back is hurting. I need God to touch my back. And uh, she says yes. And she, she prays for me. So now this time I'm going to bend over again. I'm going to test this thing out. And when I get to here, I have a stabbing pain in my back. Well, what's going to happen this time is my body's going to want to scream out, hey, it didn't work. You're not healed. The prayer didn't, didn't work. The promises of God don't work. None of it works. You don't have enough faith. You haven't spent enough time in prayer. You haven't spent enough time reading the Bible. You know, all those do's. Except he's going to say, wait a second. Last time I said something, that rascal didn't feed me for three days. <laughs> Let's just stay quiet and see what spirit has to say about this thing. <laughs> And now I'm here, remember the first time I was here, so now I'm here, and instead of that, my spirit, who's in perfect communion with the Father, is in uh, connection with God, my spirit's first response is going to be, thank you, Lord, that's further than I could be in last week. That's further than I could go 10 minutes ago. The pain wasn't nowhere near as bad this time. Thank you that I'm getting better. Thank you that I'm getting stronger. Thank you that I'm healed. Thank you that the promises are for today. Thank you that, and just going to keep going and going and going. That's the way fasting is, is supposed to work. As far, yes, people have amazing encounters and spiritual things happen and, and uh, amazing miracles take place. But the actual, the, the, I guess the day-to-day the -day activity of fasting is to get things in proper alignment in you and I so that we respond to the Father the right way. And that right way is being led by our spirit so that our faith that He's given us can be activated and not held back by unbelief. It brings that unbelief into its proper place and gets it out of our lives. See, everybody wants more, but we just need less. And I want less. I hope you do too. And I want to do whatever it takes to get rid of unbelief because I truly believe that the faith that I have and the faith that you have is enough to move mountains. And I'm sure if we went around with the microphone, everybody in here, there's no telling how many mountains need to be moved even today in people's lives. My dad sent out a little cartoon to our volleyball players this week. None of them liked it. I think he aggravated them. I don't, think it, I don't know if it had the right effect. But it, it had two different lines. And on one line, it was filled with people. And it had those who want to win. And on the other line, there was nobody in the line. It says those who want to do what it takes to win. See, we know we need less. Most of us want less, but are we willing to do what it takes to get the unbelief out of our lives? Are we willing to do what it takes to really walk in the promises of God? If we, it's not going to be easy, but I know that if we will do it, myself included, 
I, 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 need, I need this as much as anybody in here. I know that if we do it, there's going to be nothing like the experience that we have when we start seeing how God has given us enough faith. He's given us enough of everything that we need to take care of everything we're going to face. And I really believe we would see miracles like never before. And it's not even about, it's not even about miracles. A lot of people get caught up in some crazy stuff because they forget we don't pray for miracles. We expect miracles. We pray for people. It's about loving people and caring for their needs in whatever way that is, whether it's through prayer or whether it's through meeting their need physically or, or any, any financially any way that we can. So I'm not someone who's all about trying to chase miracles either. I expect them, but I want to pray and love on people. If, you get, if, if, you get, if your whole concern gets to be about miracles, then they're going to be worthless. But if the concern is always for people and doing God's will and doing the kingdom work, then you can go after all of it and God will continue to bless it and you'll just experience more miracles than you ever could have just chasing miracles. Okay. Okay, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you for your presence here today. Man, what an amazing time of worship and fellowship with you, God. Lord, I just pray for each and every one of these requests. We thank you that Jesus has paid for it all. And so, Lord, we just pray for Jane and her family, God. We speak healing to her life, God. It doesn't matter uh, what circumstances are, Lord. Even when it's someone's time, it doesn't have to be through sickness. So we just speak healing to whatever's going on in her body and comfort to her family. Lord, I just pray uh, uh, for Mary's hip, Lord, that, whatever, uh, that there will be no damage there, Lord, that everything's going to heal up nicely, God. And we just pray uh, comfort to her. And, Lord, we pray for uh, both Johns to continue to get better and stronger, God. Lord, we thank you for the work that you're doing in their lives. We just, we just give you praise for it, Lord. And we just speak another prayer for Leonard today, God. We thank you that he's improving. And, Lord, we just curse cancer and command it to go. And, Lord, I just pray for every person in here today, God, that we would all understand uh, the importance, Lord, of of, of walking in the faith that you've given us, God, and not taking on unnecessary unbelief of this world. And, Lord, that when we would do the right things, that we'd be willing to do whatever it takes, God, to experience the fullness of all that you've provided. Lord, I pray that we would not forget the importance of fasting and what it's actually about, God, Lord, that we wouldn't get caught up in anything, uh, uh, any disbelief or ignorance, Lord, or, or natural unbelief, God, that we would just move forward going after you, Lord, and that we would love everyone you put in our path, Lord, that we would do things for the right, for, uh, the right reasons and with the right motivation, and all that we do would bring glory to the name of Jesus, and we give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. We are so happy that you joined us today. If you are interested in learning about or giving to this ministry, you can find more information at saponaroadchurch.com. If you are local to the Fayetteville, North Carolina area, our meeting times are 1045 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7 o'clock p.m. Wednesdays for our connect groups. From all of us here at Sapona Road Church, we hope that you have a great day as you walk in the Lord's favor and blessing.